This week's episode is brought to you by the Talk Buster podcast. Every episode, Chris Chipman and a guest reminisce of their time working for Blockbuster. Now, even if you've never worked for a Blockbuster, I guarantee you'll find the stories both hilarious and relatable. One of my personal favorite stories was when he had a guest retelling his time of working at a porn shop the day before Christmas when they were just packed to the gills. So, listen to the Talk Buster podcast on all your favorite platforms today. Hello and welcome to Geeks with Shields, your home for all things good and nerdy in this, the darkest timeline. I'm Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Lord Commander Ulrich. I'm going to keep on, like, refining that voice until it becomes ridiculous and cartoony. I love it. Anyway, how are you doing? I'm trying to think if we can use the NPR opening music for the Bucklers now without getting <laughs> sued by PPS. Just find some, uh, some royalty-free music that's similar. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, before we get into our talk today, here are the people who are our patrons. I am literally not smart enough to come up with more clever things to say other than they are wonderful and they deserve praise. And that praise from me right now is in the form of saying their names. They are Pam Galley, Marquis, Chris Chipman, River Galley, Krug, Reed D., Arthur Crane, Kevin Vay, Brendan Agnew, and John Vinyls. And if you would like to become a patron... Then, you know, it's like a dollar a month that comes up to 25 cents an episode. You can find us on Geeks with Shields at Patreon. And, uh, you know, I, I always feel a little gross, like, chilling, at, which Ulrich knows. I'm trying to be transparent right now. I already did that in the last video. But point is, it actually is a big deal, and I am, like, amazingly grateful to the patrons. They're so awesome. Anyway, before I get on with a rambling thing, what are we actually talking about today, Ulrich? We got a fun little episode. We're going to talk about the state of adult animation in the West. I'm stressing the West because I don't want to hear a bunch of stuff about anime or how other countries are doing it. This is specifically in as it applies to Western countries. How are we defining adult animation? Uh, animation aimed at adults. Okay, so we're not going to count animation that is aimed at kids but is certainly enjoyable for an adult. Yes, because that's a whole other conversation. So, like... No Gravity Falls here. No Gravity <laughs> Falls, no. Okay, so we're talking uh, Bojack Horseman, Duke and Birdie, Rick and Morty, um, Family, Family Guy, Simpsons. Simpsons, Futurama, Bob's Burgers, Bob's Burgers. All Did you watch various... Big Mouth? I didn't actually watch that. I got the feeling from, like, I kept passing over Netflix. I'm like, this looks gross, but I feel like in a year people are going to tell me it was great, and then I'll watch it. And that never happens, so. We'll talk about Big Mouth, because I have thoughts, and it's very it fits into what I want to talk about. All right. I mean, because that's what happened with BoJack. Like, I, I passed over BoJack Horseman a bunch of times on Netflix, and then finally, uh, I don't remember what friend of mine, I think it was uh, Stevie, who's been on the podcast before. I think he was like, you got to check out the show. And then I watched it. And the first six episodes were like, eh. And episode seven was mind-blowing. And then it became like my second favorite show of the last decade. So, <laughs> so anyway, I don't know where start. I was going with that, but go ahead. <laughs> I'll start with, I want to give you a take. If you had to give a grade to adult animation in the West, what would you give it? I mean, honestly, I'd be giving a grade almost exclusively off BoJack Horseman, Tuca and Birdie, and Rick and Morty. And in that case, it would be like an A easily but so that's because i curve that's what i'm saying is that i don't know enough about the current state of say the simpsons which i haven't watched in about 13 years and family guy which i haven't watched in 
I don't know, maybe like seven years. I, I mean, I watched more American Dad than Family Guy because American Dad was the thing I watched with my buddies. Futurama's been over for years, so I feel like that's not even really relevant to the conversation anymore. Yeah, we'll uh, put that aside. Because yeah, Futurama, so, we'll put Simpsons aside too because those are more in their past, not really relevant to what's going on today. And then there's the fact that soon I'm going to get close enough which is J.G. Quintel, the guy who made a regular show, except now he's making an adult show, and I am so excited for that. So it's like, it's really hard for me not to grade on this crazy curve, because I don't watch a lot of bad adult animation. I mean, I haven't watched Archer since season five. I heard that it has ups and downs since then. Like, it's yeah. got some seasons that are really bad, some seasons that are really good. Like, I heard that the like the World War One season was bad, but the Island season was good. I don't even know what that means. But, World War One season. I don't remember World War One season. Maybe it was World War Two. I don't know. Some one where they're in the past. I heard that season sucked. Oh but... yeah, Dreamland is bad. Yeah. Well, I heard that the island follow-up was really good. Anyway, not the point. The point is uh, that it's hard for me to gauge because, especially if I start watching a show like and it's bad, I don't keep watching it. Like, I I tried to watch the first episode of what was it Paradise PD or something like that that was on Netflix and. It, I thought it was terrible, at least the first episode, and so I didn't watch anymore. And it's like, I think it's still going, so I have no yeah, idea. That one. No, I remember that. And again, there's the, the whole thing with Big Mouth, where like I keep seeing uh, clips of it on Netflix, and I'm like, this looks bad, but bad in that same way that I thought BoJack was bad at first. But I'm not willing to give it a shot until I hear someone I know and or trust tell me it's worth my time, I guess. So... <laughs> Yeah, so I'll, I'll start this. Right now, I'm going to give it a B-, and it is only because Tuka and Bernie and Bojack Horseman are so good. Because here's the thing. I'll talk, here's my take on Big Mouth. Big Mouth is not good. Okay. Big Mouth okay. is the epitome of what I think is wrong in adult animation right now, in that it only has one setting, and that is gross-out humor. I hate that. Let us be as gross and raunchy and blue because that's what adults like. I've never been into gross humor. It's funny because, like, I didn't get into South Park until South Park started doing more interesting philosophical stuff. And then I fell out of South Park when it kind of disappeared up its own ass about it. So, <laughs> yeah. But let, 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 let's look at those two. That's another great example. South Park's popular, American Dad, Family Guy. What do all these, you know, TV shows have in common? They aim for the real base, simple, broad humor. Uh, okay, maybe in their current states, I feel like all three of those shows had high points. They that... did have high points, but still, they were not going for the same kind of conversations that Tuca and Birdie had, that Bojack Horseman had. Or even that Rick and Morty had early on. I feel like that's a whole other conversation there. But uh... Yeah. And but, I'll address Rick and Morty real quick. Get that way. I've tried to get into Rick and Morty because I love Dan Harmon. And I think there's a lot of good in Rick and Morty. But I couldn't get past, again, it's like, hey, let's have this base, dumb, gross-out joke here. Let's talk well, about putting things up our ass because what's that's funny. funny. What, what's funny about Rick and Morty is that it is... Um, I feel like Rick and Morty is an exercise in the most extremes of both ways. Yep. Where it, it tries to be as gross as possible and then at the same time be as philosophical, insightful, and deep as possible. Usually taking the piss out of the entire concept of both those ideas. But 
Anyway, I mean, recently with the new season, the, the, the opener of the new season was one of the most nonsensical, pretentious bits of television I've ever seen. And it was aimed squarely at Dan Harmon himself, which was kind of impressive. But anyway, my, I, I, have weird, I have a weird relationship with Rick and Marty. Uh, I like it <laughs> there. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, but like, but uh, American Dad, right? Like, I, I can think of there are plenty of American Dad bits that are right in lo- lodged in my brain, like Stelio Cantos, or <laughs> which is hilarious, yes. or a, or a Boys Twelve, which me and my friends will sing that to each other, you know, every now and then, or even um, uh, You've Got a Kink, which is hilarious, but I'm, I'm a sucker for a good music number, but. Most things to do with Roger kill that show for me. Yep. <laughs> so, and as for Family Guy, I I never was really in a Family Guy. I mean, I admit I was that perfect age where I was in early college when they were like playing tons of it, or like high school when they were playing tons of it on uh, Adult Swim. They got it its role, and I watched a lot of it not because I wanted to watch it, but because it came on before Futurama and the Anime Block, which is what I really wanted to watch in Adult Swim. <laughs> so. Yeah, let's let's get to it because I'm 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 not trying to disparage these shows. Well, I am disparaging Big Mouth because Big Mouth is Big Mouth is. Mm, yeah, I'm not gonna know. But I'm gonna put this to you real quick. Okay. And this is the only time I really want to talk about anime. Can you mm-hmm. name me an adult show here in the West that is the equivalent of Berserk? The equivalent of Berserk. Oh. That is grounded and serious and does violence over ha 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 shit. Fuck, that's I didn't know you were gonna go there. You you fucking threw me for a loop with that. But to be fair, I don't think there's even like many anime that are the equivalent of Berserk. I've got a Berserk tattoo, no. man. So I, I'm, okay, <laughs> but my point is is that we there is no serious grounded as much as Berserk is grounded adult animation uh, here in the West. I feel like there is, and it's escaping me, but even if there is, I feel like it's the Okay, exception. Primal. People are going to say Primal. Because I mean, Primal Samurai, is... Samurai Jack is, uh, is, is pretty good, but that... Final you know, season was more adult, but it was still originally aimed at ch- targeted for children found in an adult audience. I, I feel like so, Samurai I, Jack was aimed at teenagers more than anything, but I get it. Still, this was this was not you know they never said fuck they never you know use blood till they were on Adult Swim yeah but I don't think it that's really robots. I feel like that's super required I mean okay yes I, I acknowledge that uh, if, if we're I, if, if we're if talking I, in the broad open, spectrum if I open that up then we can talk about like Megas XLR and and stuff like that which is not the point of your question I get that so yeah. sure it's just so, that when you when you mention a Western equivalent of Berserk. Samurai Jack is probably, or Avatar The Last Airbender are the things that most come to mind. Both of them heavily inspired by anime to begin with, especially Avatar The Last Airbender, which is anime. Fight me. Uh, neither were intended specifically for adult audiences. Yeah, fair enough. I guess that's the thing, is that like those shows, right, because they're, I feel like they're almost not uh, indifferent to their audience, right? Like Samurai Jack happened to be put on Cartoon Network and ostensibly aimed at children, but I feel like Tarkovsky just made the show he wanted to make, you know? Actually, I feel like regular show is a good example of that, where J.G. Quintel obviously wanted to make an adult show, but he got it on a kid's network, so he just kind of, like, hid everything and in innuendo, right? I mean, kind of like the original Muppets. We talked about that recently. So, 
it's like it's the artists who but for adult animation when you are making a cartoon ostensibly aimed at, at adults and a majority of um the american public the western american the north america united states whatever uh public is not the people you talk to online that actually ends up being a quite small minority and i mean that in the like you know, help it, it this way. The only adult animation I can think of that is, like, very grounded that a majority of, like, um, the American public would probably watch is something like King of the Hill. And that's probably why adult animation ends up like that. They're trying to emulate things closer to that. Or they're doing something completely off the wall, like, you know, like BoJack. But even BoJack then grounded itself in psychology. But Yeah, and see... Bojack and Toucan Birdie, Toucan Birdie especially got a bit surreal. No, it got a lot surreal. Well, that's uh, Lisa, um, why can't I think of her last name, the main artistic creative force behind both shows. Anyway, she's amazing. I'll look, Hannigan, Lisa Hannigan? But still, those both existed. They were comedy. They had their weird surreal moments. And here's what kind of prompted this. Because when Kevin Smith first announced he was going to do He-Man... And he was going to treat it, you know, seriously. And it's going to be an adult one. It was going to have, it was going to be from the team of Castlevania, which we can talk about Castlevania too. For if we get back to that one, Hannah Wolf. I... Sorry, sorry. I just want to give her proper. <laughs> I want to give her proper uh, uh, due. It's Lisa Hannawalt is the cartoonist behind Duke and Brady. Sorry, continue. Lisa Hannigan, some musician. I found out. <laughs> anyway. I heard so many people groan and roll their eyes, going, "Why would you do this seriously? This is dumb. It should be a joke. It should be silly." I don't know the show from the early thousands seemed like it was taking its mythos seriously, and I actually kind of dug that show. I know you, you and I are like one of the handful of people that like the two thousand He Man, and there's a whole other episode I can do on that. But let's look at I mean, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja. I mean, Teenage Mutant Turtles was originally a freaking parody, and then it had both joke shows and serious shows, and I love them all. But mm-hmm. yeah, Castlevania. Okay. But yeah, Castlevania. This is again another great example. I think part of the reason it took off is it is sort of anime-inspired in its artistic design. Uh, not sort of. Heavily. I mean, that that's like specifically... That's, that's not just anime-inspired. That is a very specific anime uh, person whose name I don't know, but that style is like very recognizable to people who know like anime studio and director names. I just can't think of his fucking name yeah. right now. So, but yes. yes. But I would still argue that it has a lot of Western influence to it. Well, you can point to shows like uh, uh, Voltron, right? Which, again, mm-hmm. aimed at children, quote-unquote, using the same kind of animation stuff as going on as uh, uh, Avatar. Avatar really kind of, I feel, opened the gates for getting shows more like that in the West. So, and I feel like, but again, Avatar was aiming for a general audience. I feel it's that idea of, like, we're going to make a show that everyone can like. It just so that means that that, quote-unquote, means kids show because you're you're developing it for your lowest how you're there uh not the lowest common denominator but you know like the the highest standards and whatever yeah the is. so Me, and avatar no, basically yeah avatar basically made that really made that a thing so but here's my point you know kind of bring it home we like in the adult animation like you talk about all these great you know kid team ones they're they're doing great this is there's never been a better time to be a child or a teenager because they're just putting everything out there for you. And yep. an adult, there's a lot of great stuff. There's a lot of great overlap. And part of that thing is because when you look at adult animation, 
it's really only going one way. It is crude, blue, base humor. You're not getting a Game of Thrones, the animated series, or anything on that level of quality that's like, hey, we're going to use the art animated medium to tell serious stories and, you know, be this. Well, that's not true. You have love, death, and robots, but even that's got a bit of controversy around it, which I don't fully understand. I, I think the key that you're you're trying to get to is the idea that those people, um, right, as I said before, they're, they're not really concerned with specifically who their audience is. They want everyone to see it, and normally when you're trying to go for mass appeal, that's actually not a great thing for stories, depending on how you spin it, but adult animation, the very term itself conveys this idea of it has to be only for adults. We have to cut out children being able to watch it, which means being crass and, and crude, and which is weird because I feel like King of the Hill never was. Obviously, no, the guy King made, of the Hill is, in, guy, is its own special thing. Which is funny because the guy who made Beavis and Butthead made, you know, I honestly think King of the Hill is one of the best, like, Western animations that ever existed, probably because I could watch as a kid and as an adult. And it's it... an animated sitcom, though. Like, it, yeah, is it really using the uh, medium of animation to do anything different? That is correct. I mean, that show could easily have been live action, and it really wouldn't have changed the show. At and all. that's and that's what I'm talking about when I say the state of Western animation for adults really is not living up to its full potential. It has found its niche, and it is quite happy, and both. Fans of it, and I think the larger audience, they don't want to push it. They don't want to try these, you know, because there's so many like people like, oh, when we're going to a Halo movie, like you do a Halo TV series and you just, you know, let it be as violent as it needs to be. There you go. Or Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones mm -hmm. or 40K or any of these things. That's probably why the uh, fans like me and you tend to gravitate to the shows that are ostensibly made for kids because that's where the the good the good animation stories are actually getting yes. made. So and I one hundred percent think it is two parts of one part it is just a renaissance for you know children's animation. And also as adults, we if we want animation and we want serious storytelling, it's not being made for us. But by the way, side note, I know you'll never get into the show. I just keep bringing it up to give you because you'll never get into it, I want to give you updates because I think it's interesting. So Steven Universe just ended and the final 12 episodes are a single arc about the main character dealing with traumatic, heavy post-traumatic stress disorder from being a child soldier to the point of destroying himself and those around him. <laughs> like, that's the entire final arc is him dealing with that. And the fact that a kid's show can get away with that is fucking amazing. But anyway. <laughs> and that is great. And meanwhile, over here in their own big mouth, I have a scene of talking wieners. Because that's the uh, that's adult animation. Yeah, see right there, and just listening to those two, like the former sounds a lot more mature than the latter, right? <laughs> so. Yeah, and I think that's kind of my point is that adult animation has you know put itself in this corner that it doesn't want to get out of, and I do see a bit of pushback from people that are fans of animation. It's like I don't want anything grim and serious. I'm, I want my animation to be fun. It can be both. You know, I think we both down... agreed the final season of Samurai Jack was incredible. Yeah, I mean, I understand there are problems with it, so don't or get ahead of you in the comments. Yes, there were problems with it, but it was still great. Fucking Tarkovsky, man. So, um, Tart Tartakovsky, I cannot pronounce his name, sorry. It's Russian, <laughs> no one can. Yeah, yeah. But we just talked about this um, in the last buckler uh, with, with uh, Warhammer 40K. 
it's reductive. It, you know, animation... I've, I've been saying for years that, like, anime isn't a genre. Anime is an artistic movement, which I didn't get that. I got that from, like... I didn't come up with that. I got that from, like, a Mother's Basement. But, um... But that same deal where it's once you try to put it in a box, you're just reducing it. And that you're not thinking complexly about it and you are making it less than it can be. Animation is the same way. I mean, any kind of animation, really. And adult animation, right, is kind of a nonsense term. Like animation, if you're saying, like, I don't want my animation to be uh, dark and serious, that's fine. There can still be shows for you. But saying that there shouldn't be any animations that are dark and serious is you reducing the medium you're taking away from it you are you are purposefully weakening the thing that you are supposedly a fan of and that is just disappointing you know yeah and my, my final point my closing argument that kind of inspired this is i am not a fan of anime but fans of anime are spoiled for options yeah you mm-hmm. have every genre and concept under the sun that's true. <laughs> but if let's roll this back 10 years ago. If you were a fan of animation and you're like, man, I could really go for something serious, you got nothing. And now we're moving into, okay, what if sitcoms were animated? It's like, cool, but can I get my, you know, grounded, realistic Thundercats? Can I get my uh, G.I. Joes? Can I get my Power Rangers? Can I get any of my childhood things that were dead serious to me and I took seriously as an adult? Can I get that with a bit of edge? No, that's not what they're intended to. Okay, I guess I'll just go back to watching, you know, random anime insert here. Which is, it's, it's great because that means that the, uh, you know, the, the quote-unquote children's animation people are the ones who are pushing boundaries, who are adding edge, who are figuring out what, who are using animation to its fullest, who are using the medium of animation to tell important, deep, rich, complex stories meant to like impact people at a formative age and the fact that the number of quote-unquote adult animation shows that are doing this is infinitely smaller like now that bojack is over uh, it's basically like just tuka and birdie and rick and morty kind of and like that's it it's you know that's just unfortunate you know i'll just say this Imagine if Game of Thrones had been animated, what they could have done. And by the way, if you're listening to this and there's some, again, specifically adult animation, because that's what we're really aiming at right now, that you feel we haven't talked about that is pushing the envelope in, in good ways and and using animation to its fullest, tell us about it because we'd probably love to watch it. I mean, we yeah. don't know every show that exists. So I feel like I covered the big ones. I talked about Primal. I talked about Love, Death, and Robots. Which is incredible. You need to go watch Love, Death, and Robots. I love that series. It is so good. It scratches so many different itches. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm going to watch She-Ra here pretty soon. It's been on my list for a while. And now that it's over, I'm like, oh, yeah, I watched the whole thing. But again, that's a show that's ostensibly aimed at young children. And apparently from everyone I talk or hear online, it's fucking amazing and really pushing the envelope on animation. Can you and- imagine Godzilla. I just talked about Godzilla as an animated series for adults. I mean, I'd love anything Godzilla in it. So. I know that's a cheap market, but I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm disappointed at the way the medium animation is being used. Here's, here's my, here's my con- audience. Yeah. Here's my concluding statement. If you're an animator, uh, if you're working in uh, animation and you're working in conventional animation, because I know there are plenty of lower, lo- 
obscure animators out there who are toiling and hey man you keep doing you your art is important and you'll find your audience because that's what the internet lets you do but if you're working in contemporary animation and somehow this message gets to you don't feel constrained you have literally one of the probably the most expansive and limitless potential medium at your fingertips don't feel like you just have to do one thing experiment it's what makes art evolve Anyway, I got really pretentious there, but that's my concluding thoughts. So, uh, my concluding thought is I had to wait almost 20 years to get decent comic book movies that took their source material seriously and didn't just read it. It's for kids. It's dumb. Or it was never meant to be serious. And I honestly don't want animation to be treated like that until I don't want to be like 60 and finally getting like, hey, what if we took gargoyle? Oh, gargoyles. What if they brought gargoyles back? You know that apparently they're going to make a Gargoyles movie with a peel behind it. Yeah, so. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm hearing lots of good Gargoyle thing, but I don't want to wait another 20 years to get adult animation on that level. I don't and think I don't, you're going to have to. I, I think that... No, I think, I think that I think, with this renaissance and really taking children's animation seriously and finding the adult market, more people are like, hey, what if we tried to do this, but we were less subtle? Like, we removed some of the subtext. What if we didn't have to wait till the final season to have our gay characters be gay? What if that was just right there in the beginning? Anyway, uh, so if you... Uh, this is not an inflammatory conversation at all. No. Nope. But, uh... I'm looking forward to the comments. <laughs> but, anyway, thank you for listening. Be sure to like, share, subscribe. Is, there, is that all the things, like, sharing, subscribing? I don't know. I'm not very good at this. Whatever. Review. Whatever you feel is appropriate, but hey, that stuff actually does have an impact on us. I hate asking for because I feel like a, a panhandler. I know that's not what it actually is. I know, but it's just you know how I feel. But at the same time, I totally recognize that this is what we have to do, and it really does help. And any of you who do do that, you get eternal gratitude. I don't know what eternal gratitude translates to, but that's what you get. So and, half a cent. Anyways, if you've enjoyed listening to us, check us out on any of these great platforms. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, Pocket Cast. I think that's all of them. If we have not listed your preferred podcasting hosting site, let us know so we can get there because we want to be where you are. As always, this has been Axel Wright. And his shield brother, Lord Commander Orc. Be sure to tune in next time. And as always, stay honorable.